Hey, thanks for doing that. That was, that was good. A lot of talking. I saw a lot of hands moving. That means we're talking about things that we like to talk about. That's what I do. So, well, thank you for doing that. Again, that, that, it plays into the message today. Um, and I'll tell you, well, how I'm going to illustrate it, I guess, to begin is uh, I'm going to tell you a story. Um, so the story goes like this. I was a sophomore in high school. That was 20 years ago, I think. And uh, myself and four of my friends got moved up from the JV to the varsity basketball team. So you have seniors, juniors, and sophomores, so a mix of people. And the unique thing about this team was that everyone was pretty good. Like, we were pretty equal. So uh, everybody thought they could play, and everyone could play. So there's lots of, you know, people want to be starters. They want to score points. They want to gain scholarships. Everybody could play. So how do you navigate a team that's kind of the same? Like, how do you create a team together. And so uh, it's before our first game, and uh, we're in Nevada, Iowa. The only time I've ever been in Nevada, I think. And uh, we're sitting in the locker room, and Coach Ballinger, who's my coach from third grade up, uh, gets in front of us, and he says, man, I'm going to read you a poem. I'm like, okay. Like, I mean, the rah-rah speech of the year, a poem. You got it, Coach. Yeah. I, and I will say, I, I'm learning to read poetry. I'm not good at it. I want to, and I don't know any poems except for this one 20 years ago. He said this, he said, this is the poem. He goes like this, he says, now this is the law of the jungle, as old and as true as the sky. And the wolf who keeps it will prosper, but the wolf who breaks it will die. As the creeper girdles the tree trunk, the law runneth forward and back. The strength of the pack is the wolf, but the strength of the wolf is the pack. Coach is saying, fellas, I know all of your personal dreams, your personal aspirations, your personal goals. So if we're going to make this journey together where we will have the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, wins, losses, and all the things between, you'll have to choose to say we and not me. We, not me. So if I could summarize what I think the teacher says today in chapter 4, it would be that. It's we, not me. And actually, I've been finding as I've been reading, this is something he keeps coming back to. He keeps building on this thought. You're going to see it, I think, as we go along. We, not me. God, as you look, I'm just going to real quick recap. So chapter one, he, he assesses life, right? The march of time. Time continues to go forward. Generations come, generations go. The sun rises, the sun sets, which means our death is coming. Every day we're one step closer and in the middle, life is just weird. Life is random. Bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. When they get together, things fall apart. It's just, I don't understand how it works, he says. So what is the word? Tom's was saying it. What the hell? It's just, it's smoke. It, there are all these things that look really good. They look, there's a thing, it's there, but when I try to grab it, I can't. So what does he do? Chapter 2. He says, you know, I'm going to test everything. Funny thing that our sentence is, we, not me. In chapter 2, 39 times he talks about himself. I'll test it. And I'll test this. And I'll test that. Right? And what does he test? Fun, power, influence, wealth, sex, entertainment, uh, influence, all things you could possibly chase after. He's like, I tested all of them. And his synopsis, Hevel. This doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't do what I want it to do. So what is his solution? Chapter two, end of chapter two. Eat, drink, enjoy the toil. 
So in our day and age, we oftentimes eat and drink by ourselves and our phones. In his day, who you ate and drank with were your people. So he's saying your neighbors, your people you're in relationship with, the best you can do in the midst of all things, he tested everything, is what? Just be with your people. Enjoy your people. Enjoy the things you have in this life. Just today, just enjoy these moments. You know, it's funny, the other day I was with my dad and uh, when we sit and watch shows with my little girls, my little girls sit on the couch and watch the show and he sits up by the TV and watches my girls watch shows. He said, this is way better. And the other day he said, this is one of those moments. This is the moment. It's in chapter three last week. There's a moment for everything. Moments for living and dying, mourning and grieving. Or, wow, mourning and rejoicing. Those are the same thing. All you can do is enjoy the moment. Because he concludes in chapter three again. What can we do in all, all the moments? Eat, drink, enjoy those we have. He keeps coming back to this idea. In chapter four, he builds on it. One of the most dominant questions we all try to solve in life is where am I going? It's a good question. I think one we should all ask, where am I going in life? But our preoccupation with where I'm going, if that's all I think about, it, lays, it shows my hand. I'm very aware of me. I'm not very aware of we. And kind of, he kind of just guesses that that means that we are the source of most of our pain. Most of the things that happen in life are because of me. I was at a conference last week, and there's a great quote. He said that the journey to hell is not a downward movement. It is an inward movement. It just stuck with me. Therefore, I am the source of most of my pain. Hmm. The journey to hell. And hell is, I don't know what hell is or isn't. All I know is that God is not there, and all the things that he is is not there. The journey towards hell is in, not downwards, inwards. So the teacher is going back over and over and over as he looks at life and says, I think the way to enjoy these days under the sun is we and not me. So he lays out two paths today, I think. Chapter one through eight, or verse one through eight is me and what happens when that's my mindset. And then nine through 12 is we. This is the other mindset. So before I read though, I'm read the first line and go back to some from last week. Chapter four, if you want to grab a Bible, you can. They're in the back right there. Or you can get your phones out, whatever you got. Um, he says this as we move into our text for the day. Remember, it's we, not me. He said, again, I looked and saw all the oppression that was taking place under the sun. So he said, again, I looked. I mean, he's talked about this before. So I was just reading, I've been reading this passage a lot. And so I jumped up, because in my Bible, that's how it works, to chapter three, verse 16. He says, in the place of judgment, wickedness was there. In the place of justice, wickedness was there. So in the places of authority, we expect to see people who care about the we, not me, right? That's what he's hoping for, but he sees wickedness. And that's like, it sounds like big systems, the macro, like Tom said, that, you know, the macro. But I had this thought though, who is he? He's the king over Jerusalem. So he's the person in the position of authority. So he's not looking just at systems of the world. He's, is he also assessing himself? I expect to see judgment and justice here too. And it's not there. Wickedness. So as I've been reading this text, 
this week, I've been looking at a lot of these things that we find, and I'm seeing myself in all of them. I guess why that song, we, you can have it all, let's do it all week, has just been wrecking me this week. I don't know if I very often give it all. So I'm going to read our text, and then uh, I'm going to call out four things, and we are going to end with, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty good. We'll see how the end goes. So let's read it, NIV. All right, chapter, uh, verse 1. Again, I looked and I saw all the oppression that was taking place under the sun. I saw the tears of the oppressed, and they have no comforter. Power is on the side of their oppressors, and they have no comforter. And I declared that the dead who already died are happier than the living who are still alive. But better both uh, is he who has not yet been, who has not seen the evil that is done under the sun. And I saw that all labor and all achievements spring from man's envy of his neighbor. This too is meanless, a chasing after the whim. The fool folds his hands and ruins himself. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Again, I saw something meanless, heavy, under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For who am I toiling, he asked, and why am I deprived myself of enjoyment? This too is meanless. A miserable business. As we were getting together as a teaching team, uh, we recognized that he makes these statements in these that are like so like bold. Like it'd be better not to be alive. Uh, all labor, um, all achievement springs from envy. I mean, all. And I've been, we've been talking about that. What, what do we do with all that? And I was reading through the whole text and I went to the very end. And the, the author who's reflecting on what the teacher says, says his words are like a goad. His, that's like a shepherd's staff that's pointy, that the shepherd pokes the sheep to move and direct them. I feel like his statements that are just so like, I don't know, I don't know about those things, are, are meant to make us really think hard about our life. Really jab us. Be honest, Clayton. Be honest. What's inside your heart? Me. Not so often we. That's what he's talking about. So I saw four things inside the passage. Um, there's oppression, envy, idleness, and overwork. So I, at first I thought I was going to come at this from like a work standpoint, but I think I'm going to come at it relationally a little bit, a little bit, okay? So he says, again, I looked and I saw. He's, I almost feel like he's saying, stop. Just hold on a minute. Stop. Don't gloss over this stuff. Take a long look at what's happening. And so as I began looking at the text, I, I, I found myself, I was watching the news the other night, and I saw a situation. I'm not going to say what it was. I'm not going to try to give anybody, no, no fights today. We're all just looking honestly. And I found myself trying to decide who was right and who was wrong. First thing I thought of, who's right and who's wrong? I skipped the people in the middle who were being oppressed, who were desperate. I didn't even care about them. Oh, they're right and they're wrong. It's the first thing I thought. That means I'm right. So my opinion, I'm right. And I feel like the, the teacher's saying, no, no, no. There's time for that later. We'll figure those things out. But first, first, look at them. Let what you see, Clayton, move you. Let it change how you see people. Who cares who's right and who's wrong right now? There's a great thing in Joshua. Joshua's going to fight the people in Jericho. He sees the angel of the Lord. His first question to the angel is, whose side are you on? The angel says, Joshua, neither. 
I'm not on side right now. Are you on my side? Do you see what's happening? I don't. And so that, that's a big thing. But relationally, I find myself, if you're oppressing someone, what does that mean? I'm placing myself in authority over them to get what I want. So all week this week, I've been finding myself doing this to the people that I love the most, the people I like talking about the most, my wife and my girls in my own house. I'm doing things, manipulating things to get what I want. I'm placing myself over them and I am oppressing them. Just being honest with myself this week. It's been a hard week. That's a hard one, right? So we oppress each other. So it happens relationally. We're thinking about me and not we. Second thing, envy. All things he said, all labor and all achievement spring from man's envy of his neighbor. All things? So we got talking about uh, um, athletes. Because like, I don't know. That sounds like total depravity, reformed church stuff. I'm not sure about all those things all the way. You know what I mean? And we're talking about athletes, though. And, and if you listen to their language when they're doing things, why do they become great? Trying to be better than somebody. Trying to one-up somebody. So-and-so said this about me. A person in authority said this about me, and i got to show him. i got to show her. So why am I doing things? I want, I, I want this. Because they said I couldn't. Or they have it and I want it. So I'm just... I feel like he's, the teacher's just been poking me all week with this code. When I choose me and not we. Third thing, laziness. I find in relationship, I can get lazy. When I'm lazy, I think about me. And I'm just not going to help you. I tried helping you last time. You didn't fix it. I'm, it's, not, it's just not going to work. I get lazy. I don't really care because I care more about me. This is what I've been doing. This has been just kicking my butt this week. I don't know how you guys feel right now, but I've been just, whew, I've been in it. And so what the easiest thing to do is overwork. We're too busy. I read that uh, the average American's on a screen for 10 hours and 39 minutes a day. Average American, 10 hours and 39 minutes. You sleep for what? I mean, hopefully it's eight, right? So that means you're at 19 to 20 hours. You have four left. We don't even spend time with each other. I choose me all the time. It's crazy. So what do we do? Well, the teacher has a solution. Chapter, uh, verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up, but, the pity, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I like the message version. I'm going to read it too. Just it helps, helps give me a different language. Because this is the solution to this life of, you know, if my, the journey towards hell is an inward movement, it's not where I want to go. It's better to have a partner than go it alone. Share the work, share the wealth. If one falls down, the other helps. But there's no one to help. It's tough. Two in a bed warm each other. Alone, you shiver all night. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily broken. You can leave that up. One's no good. Two's a little better. Three's even better. 
Uh, so one of my, the translations I like for this passage is, oh, we're always chasing the wind, right? And one of the translations said, they did shepherding the wind. If I'm chasing the wind, I can't catch it. Like, I can't control it. But if I'm shepherding the wind, I think I can. That's how I live a lot of my life. I think I can control this stuff. So not in this text, but in, in my heart and in our, our hearts, we, if we love Jesus, that the wind, the wind can represent the Holy Spirit. So here at the end, I don't know how we're going to end today all the way. I'm just going to say that. I want your help. I don't want to shepherd the wind. Not today. I want him to tell us what to do. So I'm going to tell some stories. We're talking about the solution to the me. We're talking about the we. I'm going to tell a couple stories. And I want those here who, who hear the Holy Spirit well, at the end, if you think there's something that we can do in the room today, would you tell me? We might just give it a shot. Sound good? All right. Just a couple stories. Um, I, these are recent. Uh, you know, we're talking about time and death and the in-between um, I feel like I've been around a lot of death recently. So the first story I'm going to share is uh, uh, my father-in-law passed away September 7. And we got to be with him before and after. And uh, we got to process it together. So we got to do the service. And after the service, a man came up to me. And he said, hi, what's your name? I said, I'm Clayton. And I explained I was married to Kelly. He said, I want to tell you a story. I said, okay. He said, my name is Kim, and it was 1985. And I was the first person of color in Mike's unit. Mike was a police officer. He said, a petition got passed around to get me fired. Everyone signed it, except for your father-in-law. Mike did not sign it, and then he chose to befriend me. And you know what happened to him? He couldn't move. He sealed himself for several years. He couldn't go up because he chose to love someone. He's like, I just need to tell you that. He said, God is real. He had not spoken, I don't think, to Mike in quite a while. At his death, he came back. He wanted to tell the story. And he said, if his wife needs anything, you let me know. What lasts into eternity? We do. To make decisions in life that are we and not me. And then when your days are done, that is what is remembered. Story number one. Story number two. I met a new friend last week, and uh, she's a little bit older, and uh, her and her husband were traveling across the country. And they've been very careful, but they got COVID. He got COVID. And so he's in a hospital in a state where it's really restrictive. So you can't really get in to see him. So they finally get one of their children in to see him. And when they get in, they get screens out, and they're FaceTime, they're talking, and they're all just saying all the things they love about him, who he has been to them. He can't, he's not even hearing all of it at this point in time, actually. They're praying for him. So she wanted to tell me that there's rules at this hospital that there's only a certain amount of time a guest could be there. 
But the doctor, who's in charge, turned to his nurses and said, the rules do not apply to them. He said, we need to know that people love each other, that people care about each other. Essentially, people don't die alone. We, how will we be known? By our love, how we love each other. We, not me. That's the teacher's driving that here. And he doesn't even know about Jesus yet. He doesn't know what's going to come. But even he knows. One, not, not one, two, three. Bring more. Bring more. If you choose we, the world wants to see it. The world wants to know. One last story. Um, we were with Kelly's dad, Mike, the day before he passed. And we were sitting in the room with him, and we thought we were going to go in and we are going to read scripture to him. That was our plan. We had a plan. We're shepherding the wind. And we got in there, and we thought, I don't think that's what we're supposed to do. So we found ourselves, we started, we thought of things we've heard him praying his whole life. And we just started praying out loud. His prayers. Things that he has been hoping for, that he has been praying for, for people who don't yet know who Jesus is. We start praying these things out loud, and he is not very responsive at this moment. His eyes light up, and he is in the moment. He is with us. He is saying, amen. Come on. Like we, are, we are praying for people, and we want, we want him to know that his prayers will live on further. So we got to then share that message to a whole bunch of people at his funeral who did not know Jesus. That even at the end of his life, he was still praying for all of them. Same guy who chose a worker with him over himself. At the end of his life, he's saying, I'm still choosing other people. Why? Because he loves Jesus and he has hope that lasts forever. So he can be super patient. We have great hope. We can be patient with people. We can choose we over and over and over again. We know the end. Come on. How are we going to end today? Anybody hearing anything? I keep thinking about that last verse. You put back up, 12. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Could you round up a third this week? A three-strand rope isn't easily snapped. He doesn't know about Jesus yet. It isn't easily snapped. It can still be snapped. But guess what? Our rope can't be snapped. I want... I, hmm. Hmm. All right, hold on a second here. I think it's funny, this Bible, it just it all continues to work together. Like it, it's like a cohesive story. Like someone wrote it, I don't know. <laughs> Been reading this a lot this week. This is Paul writing to the church in Galatia. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature, me. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out. You'll be destroyed by each other. So since we live by the Spirit, 
let us keep in step with the Spirit. I know, let's not shepherd the, the wind this week. 